Pastors and church planners around the world need your help to receive a confessional Reformed Baptist theological education. Introducing the William Carey Scholarship Fund at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. You can help students like Sam in India afford seminary training and Bible software with thousands of critically needed theological books. To learn how you can help, visit cbtseminary.org slash carry. Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We pray you find this resource edifying, faithful to Scripture, and Christ-exalting. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. I'm here with Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Clarksville, Tennessee, and Dr. Tom Nettles. How should I introduce you as the retired professor of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary? Senior professor professor of the Southern Baptist... Senior professor of Historical Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are at the Covenant Conference, the first annual Covenant Conference here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I just have one question for both of these men. We want to take a few moments to ask you, um, one at a time, can you name two or three influential Baptists that have been spiritually formative in your walk with Christ, and then perhaps give some reading recommendations from those Baptists that would be helpful to our audience. So we'll start with Dr. Nettles. Well, Austin, thank you for the opportunity to do this. I think that one of the uh, best things that people can do for their spiritual growth and for expansion of their understandings of ministry is to read men from the past whose works we now know are trustworthy because they have lived, they have died, uh, their witness is sealed. And uh, so it's uh, a great thing to be able to read these works. I would like to go back uh, just to the 17th century. Uh, First of all, among the particular Baptists, I would recommend several, but Benjamin Keach. Benjamin Keach has two works that I would recommend, his work on typology and his work on on, uh, parables. Now Spurgeon, when he read these and reviewed them in the sword and trowel, said that Keach likes to make all parables walk on a hundred legs like a centipede, but that is much better than having them walk on no legs at all. And so there contemporary writers on the parables are very reductionistic and say there's just one point that you're trying to get. But when Jesus interpreted a parable, he interpreted virtually every image that was in the parable, and that's what Keach did. And so though you may go a little bit too much sometimes following Keach, but it is rich theologically. Even if you don't agree that the particular interpretation fits on some of the areas, the theological synthesis that he gives is so rich, and it's a, it's a theological education in itself to read those two books. So that's a 17th century work. 18th uh, century, I mean, who can go against John Gill? Just reading John Gill, again, sometimes there's more there than you actually want to try to deal with, but... Uh, he eventually gets to the point, and it is always a very powerful theological point. He understands Scripture so well. He has it so well synthesized. He wrote his systematic theology after he had done his full exposition of the whole Bible. So, I mean, that is a, 
That's an amazing thing. When you're reading a systematic theology then, you're reading this greatly condensed understanding he has of, of the synthesis of the entire scripture, and, it, and it's amazing. You may find some points that along the way that you think are, are not exactly right, but more of them are right than most theologians get right. So uh, Gill, out of the 17th century, uh, out of the 18th century, then the 19th century, <clears throat> I would recommend, of course, Spurgeon. People could read at least uh, one Spurgeon sermon a week, if not one a day. And there's always going to be some passage in those sermons that is just brilliant, that just leaps off the page uh, like some sort of a star appearing in the sky, maybe the Bethlehem star or something, leading us to see where Christ is. It's, it's really amazing how he can do that sermon after sermon after sermon, and you wonder where in the world did this come from? How did he think about handling that subject that way? And so I would just, I would recommend reading Spurgeon sermons. Uh, also, uh, I think that reading John Dagg uh, among Baptists in America, a Southern Baptist writer, the first writing Southern Baptist theologian. His theology is very sweet. It's very devotional. It is investigative to the soul, and yet it is very propositional from the standpoint of what his historical theologies actually do. It's shorter in its discussions, but, but very rich. And also, Dag has a work called Evidences of Christianity that's sort of an apologetic work, but basically it is a work about the trustworthiness of Scripture. Uh, and it will really train your mind to see the powerful evidences that there are in Scripture, that the Scripture actually is the Word of God and that we can trust it all the way through. And then if I come to the 20th century, there's, there are several I would like to recommend, but I think uh, one I, I, I really hope does not become ignored is Carl F.H. Henry in his uh, engagement with philosophy and with culture and with apologetics and with the whole intellectual sphere, not only from the standpoint of liberal theology, but from the standpoint of secular philosophy and how this impinges upon Christian evidences and orthodox uh, Christianity. And so, so I recommend Carl Henry in the 20th century. Thank you, Dr. Nettles. Just to recap the list that he has given us, Benjamin Keach, John Gill, Charles Spurgeon, uh, John Dagg, and Carl F.H. Henry. Uh, now I'd like to give Ron the Baptist, Pastor Ron Miller, the opportunity to answer the same question. As is my typical way, I'm going to tend to go with, with one exception, some little knowns. Uh, first of all, I can't wait to get to heaven to meet a man named Thomas Wilcox because he loved and knew Jesus Christ better than I think most men. And his arrival in heaven must have been particularly sweet. He was a little known uh, Baptist pastor during the time of Keach. And he wrote this little tract called A Choice Drop of Honey from the Rock. Sometimes it's called Honey from the Rock. It has also been republished by um, other Anglicans, actually, in the 1800s under the title Christ is All or Christ as All in All. This little tract has been in print almost continuously since the 1600s, 
and it's full of Jesus Christ and so very, very sweet. It's something to read every year. Um, this is the only thing that I'm aware of he wrote, but it's well worth getting a copy of that little short work and refreshing your soul with uh, the vision of Jesus Christ that's presented there. That's been a wonderful uh, bit of medicine for me over the years. Another man who did not write a lot but has written some very important historical records is Elder Edward Terrell of the Broadmead Church in Bristol. Elder Terrell wrote uh, records of a church of Christ meeting in Broadmead in Bristol, and it's the story of a number of decades of that church one that began as a dissenting congregation and ended up as a convinced Baptist church whose pastor in 1689 signed the confession. What's really wonderful about this is you, you get to meet all of these people that, that feel so real. And you see their foibles, you see their struggles, but you really see this change as God continues to work in them, the knowledge of his will. You see their love for one another. Um, and there are just so many good stories about church life that are, are so encouraging. I've read this work over and over and over and would encourage you to, uh, to do the same. Another one is uh, from the next century is Andrew Fuller. If you want a place to start reading Fuller, read The Life of Samuel Pierce, and you'll get to know one of the great young men in Baptist life. He died at only 33, but he, in his roughly 10 years of ministry, was enabled by Christ to do wonderful things, to see many, many people saved, and he had a, a, a life so holy and prayerful that he was called the Seraphic Pierce. He was very much like the Baptist version of a David Brainerd. Um, yes, with his foibles and sins, of course, but uh, a man who is, um, ought to become a mentor to all of us. And Fuller's account, because he knew him, is rich and good um, and a wonderful place to start reading uh, Fuller. Finally, let me go back to the 17th century and just recommend William Kiffin. Again, he didn't write much, but his book on A Discourse of Right to Church Communion is a short, readable treatment of the relationship between baptism and the Lord's Supper. And in modern American church life, including so-called Baptist church life, the basic biblical principles that he elucidates are, they're so clear, they're so plain, as he argues against um, John Bunyan, and just gives a rich theology both of baptism and the Lord's Supper. You will find that he calls them ordinances of Christ, emphasizing the headship of Jesus Christ, but he also believes that they bring grace to those who by faith uh, perform them. And so it's, a again, a rich sacramental treatment of these things. It will get you back to the 1689 Confession of Faith richness on the Lord's Supper that, again, has largely been lost in our day. Readable, short, uh, use it as a reference. Uh, so those would be my recommendations.
So that is um, Edward Terrell, Records of a Church of Christ Meeting in Broadmead, Bristol. Andrew Fuller, The Life of Samuel Pierce. Thomas Wilcox, A Choice Drop of Honey from the Rock, or sometimes Christ is All. And finally, William Kiffin, A Sober Discourse of Right to Church Communion. Well, we've been speaking with Dr. Nettles and Pastor Ron Miller about some Baptists that have been spiritually formative in their walk with Christ, and we hope that you will take up and read. Grace and peace to you. For additional content, check out our blog ministry at covenantconfessions.com. Also, keep up with our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Lastly, thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.